Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. This is with the founder, yes, the founder of Alpine Esports, who happens to be an excellent Rocket League player at all. I think you're going to like this one. It's a little bit different. I say that every now and then that this is just a different episode, but this was a lot of fun. It was such a cool conversation because I do have an interest in business as well. So to hear the business side or building something like an organization that eventually gets to a place where it is known on an RLCS level was a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy this. Karn is an awesome guy. I really appreciate him taking the time to chat with me. So here we go. Infinite Boost with Karin. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. Today, I am joined by the founder of Alpine Esports, Karin. And so what I would like you to do, Karin, is just give me a little bit of a background about you in total outside of Rocket League and then maybe like a two or three minute spiel of how you found Rocket League what hooked you and and how maybe like where you are like rank wise and how you got there and just a little bit of your Rocket League background as well. Yeah, for sure, Tom. I appreciate you having me here on your podcast. Uh, definitely had the pleasure of listening to some previous episodes. So excited to be here. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, as far as my story goes, I mean, um, I love skiing. Uh, and if, if that kind of alludes to the naming of, of, of Alpine at all, yeah, skiing has always been like one of my biggest passions. Love the sport, uh, especially living up here in Minnesota when it gets cold in the winter, you know, you can either be bored in your house or you can get outside on the slopes. <laughs> so I decided that, you know, it might be best to not get that cabin fever. Um, so yeah, skiing has always been one of my biggest hobbies as well as like computer hardware and programming. I've always, you know, had the itch, had the drive to, you know, do something within that, uh, that realm. Uh, see, I started pursuing college and, uh, started in, in computer, computer science. I ended up in economics right now, so it's a long story, but regardless, I've always uh, had a love for technology as well. Um, and so that kind of ties into how I got into this whole esports uh, program at my high school. So I was taking this uh, computer tech class in my high school and my teacher, uh, they opened up an esports club. We were actually the very first uh, high school esports club in Minnesota. Um, and I was thinking to myself, well, this is a really cool opportunity. I'm currently playing CSGO and I'm maybe Gold Nova is at best, you know, <laughs> not very good at it. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I feel like I just need to find a game, get into it, grind it out, see where it takes me. Uh, so that's that's kind of where it started. I, I picked up Rocket League, thought it was pretty cool. I uh, got myself into gold. And from there, I just found a few other high school mates that wanted to play as well. Um, I decided that we'd call ourselves Alpine. And so that was the Alpine High School Club. Uh, we competed throughout that year uh, where I finally ended up in Diamond, started grinding on my own. And uh, to this day, I'm, um, I would say I'm around like GC2 and currently struggling in GC1 right now. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the whole kind of esports. That's where that started for me uh, was starting in high school with that club and kind of branching out into what it is today. And then you started Alpine Esports when you were in college or so like it was, or turned it into something more than just like something you and your high school buddies did. For sure. Yeah. So in my senior year of high school, I converted Alpine as just a team into a community org where we hosted weekly tournaments. Uh, so I would just fund tournaments for fun, get a bunch of people in the community to compete with the goal of eventually having our own team that competes under the banner of Alpine, uh, which which kind of bloomed as the year went by. But yeah, I would say around 2018 is where it really begun and Alpine you know, developed into uh, a little bit more of a, a structured organization. And it turned into an RLCS esports team. Did you ever imagine when you started Alpine esports as a, as a high school team for you to compete in that you would see your team in RLCS? I mean, it's always been my goal. Uh, definitely when starting and, and when, when kind of uh, giving myself direction to where I want to go, that was always the end goal, to get into RLCS uh, and, and get my team competing on the big stage. 
Uh, and that's, that's partially the reason I got it so far because I just kind of told myself there is no stopping until we make it to that point and even then continue to keep growing. So kind of having that vision of making it to RLCS was what got me to grow so fast with Alpine. Do you, it's so interesting because so many people can just, I'm, I'm extremely skeptical of the idea of starting an esports org because anybody can, you know, register a Twitter account and make an esports org name. And then they're the owner or the CEO or the creator of some kind of esports org. What is, what is the difference and quote unquote, having a goal or signing a rocket league team? What is, what do you feel like is the difference between you and just esports org xyz in terms of how you looked at it or actually getting to the point where you're signing a competitive rocket league team and moving forward and and getting it to a place where people actually know who you are and find value in your brand you gotta love what you're doing and you can't do it for the money you can't do it for any other reason but just with pure passion. You know, I went into this and it was tough in the beginning. I mean, um, I've always tried my best to be open to people and to give people chances and opportunities. And the most important thing is that, you know, you can either have a lot of enemies or you can have a lot of friends on, on the way in. So kind of the difference is I didn't go into it saying, I want to make money on this. I want to do this as a career. I just went into this saying, I'm really passionate about esports and I want to do something big make make something you know, of myself um and just kind of grow connections build friendships uh and get a bunch of like-minded individuals you know who have a liking for the game uh and to you know come together because i mean alpine our, our foundation was kind of a community org we're community based and even transitioning into rlcs we still see see that as very important uh so again yeah i would say the, the biggest difference between some you know some org uh, is really what your intentions are. You know, if you're doing it for the right intentions, you will make it far. Hmm. Where did that lesson come from for you? How did you kind of come about that ideology and and then instill it into Alpine? Well, uh, I there are a few orgs that I will not name by name, but I have I've worked with many orgs in the past, you know, growing my own organization. Uh, and you know, in the beginning, uh, it's, it seems as if, you know, it's a good, some good friendly connections, uh, you have, um, you know, some new people, you don't know them face to face. You just see a discord message with, you know, maybe an anime, anime profile picture. You get maybe a <laughs> little bit of a sense of who they are, but you really don't, you don't know who these people are uh, until you meet them person to person. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'd reach out to people. We'd talk for a bit, maybe get something going. And then, you know, it's it's really the the talk's more about money than it is about the experience. You know, where is the money coming from? How much money do we have? Are we going to be creating money, 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 money? That's all you hear. Um, and that's that's kind of one of the biggest red flags you get when the questions aren't necessarily about the experience for the players, but more for, um, you know, how you're going to generate revenue. How, how Why is this helpful? For, for the org, you know, those are good questions to ask um, to, for it to be sustainable. Of course, I, I don't disagree with that. You should be thinking about those things, uh, but that should be more of the back burner as, especially as you're just growing. Um, mm. So yeah, um, uh, one of the biggest reasons I decided to, you know, stick with that is just cause it was working for me and day by day, as I continue to just um, grow my org just for the community more than it was just, you know, for, for the money, um, I noticed myself, you know, passing other orgs that were maybe a few hundred more uh, Discord members, uh, you know, every week. We just keep passing and passing other orgs, uh, shutting other orgs down because, you know, they they were trying to butt into our Friday night tournaments and trying to steal the shine. And then they would have to close because we would outcompete them. So, yeah, I mean, that's and it kept working. So, I mean, you know, they say if it's not broke, you don't have to fix it. And <laughs> I just kept doing it. So. I think a lot of people would talk I many times in the past I've had an idea or something that sounds exciting to me or that I wanted to do and I would talk myself out of it before I even started like fear of failure is something that has certainly held me back a good amount in the past in many different things. 
what it, what are the kinds of conversations that you've had with yourself that keep you moving forward or that you know have kept you from worrying about what could go wrong and just focusing on kind of putting you know each foot in front of the other and, and moving forward on this as opposed to like thinking about things that could go wrong or hurdles that are in the way things like that yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I, I would say a big part of that is the fact that I've started this at such a young age that, you know, there isn't much to lose for me. Uh, it's, there's a lot that I can still explore a lot that, um, you know, there's there's a big there's a big open road in front of me. And a lot of people can start their journeys later in life. But because, you know, I was able to bring this forward when I was in high school, it gave me a lot more time to, you know, even if I mess up, there's still time to improve. There's time to bounce back. Um, and, you know, on the journey, it's, it's not perfect. Things happen. Um, not, it's not a smooth road up, you know, it's a jagged, rugged road that eventually you will get to the top, but there are some ups and downs on the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, just kind of going into it, knowing that it is completely possible to fail. I mean, it is, that is something that can happen. It's an outcome. Uh, but knowing that even if that does happen, that you just need to find a way to bounce back and have that bounce back mentality where, all right, I'm in a position right now, I'm 17. This is going okay for me. And if anything, you can just do it again. <laughs> how did you learn how to deal with those bumps and bruises? Is that something you learn from family members? Is that something that's just inherent within you? If you had to, if you had to link that to something, where, where would you put it that you're able to do that? Because I would say, I mean, there are certainly some adults and people my age that can't handle bumps and bruises. And there are some people your age and, and high schoolers and things of that nature that just don't know how to handle pressure or roadblocks. So where did, where did that come from for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely would say from family that that hits pretty hard. Um, yeah, like my, my family, uh, all, all immigrants from, you know, the USSR back then, you know, modern day like Russia. Um, but yeah, so I mean, immigrated here to give my sister and I a chance, um, you know, for, for us to for us to make it big to you know have an opportunity in the u.s to do something make something of ourselves as well and you know it's also like looking at it where yeah you can have like a bumper or a bruise but that's a little short term what's what's important is that when you're viewing a problem or you're viewing something that you just need to get to the end of it's really about that long term so you know if, if something happens in the short term you really need to think for a second is this going to affect me a year from now am i going to even think about this day if one year from now or is it something that I can just forget scratch off and just keep going so yeah a lot of that has to do with just like um yeah my family their ability to you know make it from not such a great place to uh to a place of opportunity and just kind of seeing that you know it's kind of it, it is my duty and it is also something that I was uh like set up for that I'm, I, I was set up for success and I need to show that success is there a particular experience that you've had that's allowed you to have that mentality of, you know, is this going to affect me a year from now? Or is it is it just something that's inherently in you? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, it happens, it happens a lot. Um, like, uh, I've had um, some other organizations that I work with, you know, I wouldn't say that like really blackmail, but they're they're just you know saying things, saying that they're going to expose certain things, um, saying that you know um, uh, like like working on something and then you know threatening something, doing this, doing that, and then you just got to think like is this is it even worth working with these people? Like you know they might like at the at the moment. So let's just say for example, like I was at maybe five hundred members in my community, and this um, this community of people was at maybe. Uh, triple that, right? You know, they, they have more leverage than me. They're bigger. They're, uh, they have more numbers and they, they might be some people that are good to work with. And you got to kind of think, you know, is it worth working with these kind of scummy people because they have the numbers or in the long term, would that hurt more? Because, you know, you're tied with these people that aren't so great. You're going to, you're going to be doing things with them. They're, they're going to kind of give you that weight uh, of the bad things they do. So uh, I would say just working with other organizations that didn't necessarily um, follow uh, follow the rules I, that I like to, uh, that, that kind of helped build that. That's, I'm, I'm extremely fascinated and impressed. So 
the man, I don't even I'm I'm almost I'm I'm genuinely like almost at a loss right now just because I I'm so uh I'm blown away by the ability to have such a good outlook on things, you know, at such an early age starting these things out like it's it's extremely impressive to me. Um and I've heard do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is by chance? Of course. Yeah. Uh as as soon like when I ask a question of somebody or think about somebody that is in your position that has created a lot and just understands how to persevere and has a work ethic. Uh, so often it, it can lead back to having some kind of immigrant background and that that's extremely fascinating to me. So do you, do you feel like watching, was it, is it your grandparents that immigrated or your parents? Uh, my entire family. So my sister and I are are first generation. Oh, okay. Wow. So it's so it's like you are like first generation born in America then. Yes. So do you feel like that experience would you say that watching have your parents been very hard working then and you've seen and experienced that from them as well? Yeah, of course. I mean they they're the most hard working people I've ever seen, you know. Uh, they, it, it just kind of looking at them and how much that, um, that they do for us, for, for my sister and I, at least how much, uh, how well they were able to raise us, especially in not some of the best situations. And, you know, uh, it's tough being an immigrant, but they, they were able to come out of it and, and, uh, come out on top and give us the life that they dreamed of. And, you know, that I think, yeah, a lot of it just lies on that. It's it's kind of like it's almost an obligation, where it's like you know they they work so hard that and they had to experience all these not so great things and and all these freedoms that you get here aren't necessarily the same in other countries. So, uh, yeah, just just that alone is 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 a lot of fuel uh, in, into into what we do every day. When did they learn about all the effort and work that you were putting into this Alpine thing? Um, I would say a little bit closer to um, my talks when I sold Alpine. Uh, it, it was mostly, you know, uh, fr from there, like they were always very supportive of it. As soon as I told them I wanted to get into esports, they were 100% behind me. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it mostly like made sense to them once they actually saw, you know, like, you know, money value in it, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, career value out of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say it took some time and of course, you know, it, it, esports is even brand new to some people, you know, my age, I'm currently 20 uh, and, and for some people it, it's still brand new to them. Uh, so, you know, it, it being such, such a new industry, such a new thing that's still very, very, very small in, in comparison to what it could be, uh, it makes sense. And, and, uh, and it makes sense that it, it took, you know, it took some time for them to understand what it was. Uh, but yeah, you know, the second, the second they saw like what, what, what it really was and what came out of it. Yeah, of course, like they're really happy with it. That's awesome. So as you said, uh, you, how recently ago did you sell Alpine? Yeah. So it's been already one year. Uh, I think, I believe from last month, it's been a year since, uh, since we sold. So I was running Alpine on my own for about a year before that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so so in total, the organization's been um, alive like on the when, when I sold it for a year, and then before that, when it was just me, it was a whole year. So it's in total maybe a couple of years old. Yeah, just a couple of years old. I guess uh, all right, that makes sense. So then, right now, you're in college as well, studying economics. Yep. And do you feel like? You have aspirations to see this whole esports thing through, and the econ is to help you on like the business side of esports. Yeah, I think I think economics has a lot of applications in general, which is which is just why it's such a great uh, major to go into. Um, but also, just yeah, as far as the esports side goes, I, I do see a lot of connections with it. Um, and looking into the esports industry, I and mean, of course, it's something that I have a lot of passion for and would like to stay in. Um, but again, I mean, it's just it's a very early time right now in the esports scene. I mean, you look at the dollar valuation of esport, and it's very difficult for a lot of people to put value on. You know, what is a, what is a viewer worth? What is right. a, uh, an yeah. average esports fan worth? Right. So it's still you know very risky to be in esports right now for anybody. Um, 
but that risk is also something that you know risky things are are often the things that you know make the most change uh mm-hmm. and and in create the biggest impact so yeah i mean I, i'm i'm for sure in 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 free esports as long as i can and you know if, if things go good with economics and i have interest in that who knows i might find a way to intertwine the two uh but yeah de- definitely definitely love esports <laughs> <laughs> do you do any of your business or economic classes ever do you, have you gotten into esports at all uh in any of those classes no yeah that is <laughs> i think it's still still a little bit fresh for that i have seen some universities offering uh es- some esports type classes uh, i believe that i've already seen a handful of kids declaring their own esports majors sure um, right but but as far as like classes go or like bringing that into the structure of the class i have not seen it yet but i i wouldn't be surprised within the next couple of years if that inches its way into the curriculum well i think it's interesting because you know as a 20 year old studying economics you've already grown and sold a business and you know, you're sitting in an economics class. I just think it, you know, I wonder if, do any of your professors know that you have such a background in business or working with numbers or like really understanding these things at a deeper level than just looking at them in a book? Or is that, are you like an underground (laughs) business owner and seller that nobody knows about? Yeah, it's a little bit underground. So I go to the University of Minnesota where we have, I want to say like 60, 60K kids. There's a lot of people that go there. Uh, So, you know, if you get to know your professors pretty well, it's, you, you got to really, really know them. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, kind of, kind of more underground. And and on that point is something really important in that, you know, college, it, it's it's an amazing thing to have. And it's, it is it is a privilege for anybody that goes to college. I, I mean, I don't care what you say. College sucks. College is college that. It is a privilege to be able to learn this kind of stuff. But when it comes to it, I mean, it's really hard to make anything of yourself without that actual experience. You know, you can be a business major, but you can't learn experience, you know. You can learn concepts, right. but you got to live through it. Um, and, and that's, and that's a really important thing. I mean, for, for anything, right. You know, computer science, for example, one of the biggest reasons that it was difficult for me to stay in that department is because yeah, sure. They could teach me computer science, but there weren't too many daily applications for me to actually use that work. So it just didn't seem right for me. Um, so, so yeah, of course, I mean, I, I would say it's, it, it is very helpful to have that experience, uh, you know, open, owning a company, selling a company, working with a lot of different partners, uh, but yeah, I've been a little more, more underground. <laughs> so how, how did you learn, uh, to, or I no. what would you say to somebody if you wanted to help someone be more attuned with risk or taking risk or, you know, putting themselves on the line, like how would you advise or encourage somebody to maybe look at risk or putting themselves on the line a little bit differently so that they could step out and and just take more risks in life to create things like what you've created right i mean have a backup that's that's the biggest thing i mean why am i in college right now i don't i don't really know i'm not gonna lie i mean econ's great i love it but if i had a hundred percent of my time to work on esports and fully commit myself i would definitely do it but having the security of having, you know, that that diploma, something you can use if if anything, you know, I think I think it's important um, to have that backup plan because you know you're not just going all in, you know, all your all your money on on one spot, and if you lose, you lose, you know, that's 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 a little too risky, you know. There's a difference between uh, play, playing a risk versus just playing playing stupid, you know. You you can't just bet everything on on one spot. So definitely having some sort of backup. And knowing that whatever you're going into that is risky, almost go in thinking that it's not even going to work because that is, if you lower your expectations, and this is a little a little bit different than, than what a lot of people hear, you know, always have high expectations, you know, shoot for the stars, do this, do that. But sometimes it is a little bit better to have a little lower expectations because if you work up that backup plan, you know, like right now I'm working through my econ and everything, you can have that set up as well. Uh, alongside whatever your main hustle is. So, um, and, and I think it's okay to sometimes do that. So yeah, again, just, just really having that backup plan, whether it's college, 
whether it's a different job you have on the side, whether it's a different career. Uh, that's really helpful, especially in assessing whether or not it's worth um, diving into something, you know, as risky as having an esports org. Well, and I think almost you could look at it not just as having low expectations. And this is one thing that I feel like Gary Vaynerchuk has said. And if you haven't ever listened or watched Gary Vaynerchuk stuff, I would strongly recommend checking him out just because in terms of me understanding business and having a good mentality about things and and just how to move forward in a in a business setting or really starting anything. Uh, he's he's really good to listen to and follow. Uh, I will say that, you know, I try and keep my podcast very family friendly. Uh, he is the exact opposite. He can be very brash and vulgar at times. And his message is extremely good. Uh, one thing that I feel like I've, I've really been able to take away from him is be completely detached of expectations, not going into something like starting an esports org or starting a business or anything, expecting a certain result to just come to you. Like just because I'm going to start an esports org doesn't mean I'm going to get followers or doesn't mean I'm going to get a good team or doesn't mean people are going to join my tournaments. So I think, uh, like kind of what you're saying and just maybe a little bit different in terms of don't be neg don't go into it negatively because obviously that's not a good start and don't be emotionally attached to the idea that just because you start something you're guaranteed a victory because we so often hear about victories we don't hear about the failures along the way or the work that had to go into it or things of that nature yeah no that's really well said i mean i that's that's kind of what i was what i was getting to but yeah i i would agree with that yeah i mean kind of relating to, to how i did it like you just if, if you expect the most majority of the time you're going to let yourself down you know you don't want to let yourself down so set realistic expectations but also on occasion i mean it's good to reach that's that's the way you uh strike through and you know really uh persevere how so again how do you learn how to reach how how does that and to you was it just like i'm just going to start doing this and this is this is where you landed like or is it a combination of both those things because you obviously said you had the goal of wanting to get to rlcs yeah yeah i mean having having the goal of rlcs gives me the kind of like dot at the end so like i can work towards it and there's a lot of different directions to get to that point you know it's never a straight line and there's a lot of different ways people do it um you know and everybody's unique in their way of doing it so you're not going to be able to wiki how how do i start an rlcs org <laughs> you know <laughs> right if, if only it were that easy uh, trust me i have looked it up no. i mean you could, you could probably write that <laughs> right but, and make it, it look easy and it's certainly not that easy right exactly but but yeah having having that kind of a reach goal is important like and and i think like moving on from that, it's like right now, you know, we made RLCS and I've, I, uh, you have to elevate those goals as you reach them. You know, you reach one goal and it's, it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm settling with this goal, but really depends on the person like myself. I I've always had this kind of like ambition to just do something great, make a big impact and work within the community. So for me, I mean, making RLCS, that's, that's, that's incredible for me. I love it. I'm happy that I was able to do it, do it now what's next you know and, and and for me you know that's something i'm still kind of figuring out for myself um but i would love to keep it within the esports industry uh but I, I would say yeah having having a reach goal uh is important and how to do it i mean just think of your dream and, and start shooting towards it <laughs> if have you had many conversations with other people that have w had the desire to start an esports org Yes, I actually a bunch of a bunch of people. I mean, every week I'll get somebody asking me, you know, some questions, some tips and tricks. Um, and I, I, I really like answering people just because from experience, you know, how I started was I would just DM people, I'd reach out to people and be like, yo, you have time for a quick call? I just want to talk, do this, introduce myself, learn more about you. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for those people. Uh, so I, I often will answer. But um, so, sorry, can you repeat your question? <laughs> so I I, no, I I was just I was really just curious, like if 
I mean, almost you could look at it as mentoring because I mean, if somebody's just starting a Rocket League community org, you're not necessarily consulting because you're not charging them huge fees because they probably don't have any money to do right. that. But have you, I guess, you know, have you mentored people on a consistent basis or just chatted with people, whether it's initial conversation or, you know, you've been talking to somebody for like six months and they just keep on coming back like, man, I just ran into this wall and now I just don't know how I feel about it. Or what what has your relationship been with other people that have been trying to start organizations? Yeah, I mean, I so uh, yeah, on that on that topic. So like like I was saying earlier, as I rambled my way into wherever, um, <laughs> yeah, ba- basically, yeah. I mean, a lot of people do approach me. The only difference is it's just uh, again, I just don't see the same kind of intentions or or just um, what I would what I would personally like to see from a leader, you know, where they're asking like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? And the first question I will ask anybody that, that wants to start it is why, you know, why do you really want to do this? What's, what's driving you to do this? Is it because uh, you like the Rocket League community? Is it because uh, you just have this passion to have a team? What, what is it that, that makes it so that, you know, this is something you can think about every day, every night before you go to bed that basically keeps you up and makes you just want to keep working on it. And majority of the time you'll just get like a, I don't know, or like, you know, it seems <laughs> kind of, it seems kind of fun. Like this, this is kind of cool. Like you did it. I want to do it. And I'm like, well, yeah, it, it is cool. It's awesome. And, and, and I'm glad you think it's cool. Um, but it's, it is really important to, to understand the why. Um, so un- unless you can really answer that for yourself, like, why am I actually doing this? Like, uh, for for example, like you have your podcast, right? And and you have, uh, you know, I've seen that you've interviewed a lot, a dozens of people. You have a good system set up. I mean, uh, just for the viewers, like uh, let's say let, I'm turning this interview around. I'm taking it hostage, Tom. Um, but no, like for ex- <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so, so what it, what is your why for doing these these podcasts? Uh, I've I've actually said this before that the the reason I started this podcast initially was because I wanted to get back into content creation and um, I wanted to have a podcast and it was, it was actually pretty selfish because I wanted to be talking to people about getting better at rocket league on a consistent basis while also creating content. Uh, Because one of my main goals has always been getting better at rocket league um, and content creation and so I started this with the intention of being able to create conversations on a consistent be- consistent basis of just wanting to get better at Rocket League and being able to share that. And that that was that was the reasoning behind it. And I feel like I'm I have a good mind or outlook philosophy on, you know, personal development and goal setting and just good work ethic and how to continue to move forward on something. And so I wanted to be able to share that as well. So that was that was the initial like desire and reasoning behind starting the podcast. Right, for sure. I mean, the fact that you were able to answer me within like a, a, whole, like a whole 30 seconds, that's already like 10 times the amount that other people would answer me with their whys. So, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like within you, like I could see right away, like, yeah, I, I could see you making it pretty big. I could see you like continually growing this getting more content out, new ideas, you know, I, I could see that ambition. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've had experience with other people, you know, people checking in with me day in, day out, like, oh, I just did this. Can you take a look at this for me? And and and, and I like doing it, but I, I have really yet to see somebody like uh, give me that excitement. That's like, oh, shoot. Okay. I should take a close look at them because they're about to do something pretty big. So I am excited. I'm excited to eventually in the future, you know, work with some people that that I see a lot of potential in, but as of now, you know, it's, it's it has been, has been kind of rough. <laughs> hmm. I, well, how much in terms of your success, because obviously part of success is also getting started at the right time. Like I feel like timing is a part of it. And of course, if somebody wanted to start just because I can't think of a name, but like Alpine junior <laughs> right now, they could eventually get to a place where you're at as well. Like, and being able having that 
two-year advantage where Rocket League wasn't as big and maybe there weren't as many community tournaments. Uh, you know, do you feel like it would it's harder now to start from floor the from the ground floor than it was two years ago? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I would say with esports and especially Rocket League, the fact that they change their format literally every month, <laughs> uh, that really, no. I mean, there is no right or wrong time, especially with esports really not being that established yet. I mean, you can get in today and work your way up and you can be in a similar spot that I am. Uh, so, I mean, timing-wise, there there weren't as many people as interested in, in starting orgs and getting into esports. So, uh, again, there's there's a lot less competition. But again, a competition is is what drives success. You know, ultimately, your competitors are what's what are gonna, what's going to fuel you. What's going to give you the best ideas of sometimes what not to do or what you should be doing better. Um, so, there's really two ways of looking at it. It's either uh, you know, you have an easier route up and you have more time to kind of think for yourself, like, how do you want to develop? And that takes a lot longer or um, it, it takes longer to get to the top. But as you go, you know, out competing all of these other orgs, by the time you're at the top, you're you're in the same position. Mm -hmm. um, so what, I, I wouldn't say it's too late. What kind of feedback loop did you set up for yourself in terms of like, here's what's going on with the org. Here's what's going on with what I'm working on. Here's what I feel is going well. Here's what I feel like I could work on. How often were you iterating or looking at what you had going on and, and trying to make changes or adjustments to see if you could figure out how to make something work better? Uh, basically weekly. I mean, we would, we'd look at any of our metrics that we have. So for example, we run the main part before we had the RLCS team. So we had community teams uh, that played under the Alpine banner. And we also had our tournaments. So every Friday we'd have our tournament uh, and we'd look back at it and say, okay, have our numbers been growing? Have we had more people chatting? Have, have we had, you know, more consistency in, in who shows up to our streams and consistency in, you know, who, who are active people in our Discord, uh, people that are active on our socials? Uh, so it was definitely a weekly thing uh, in, in telling whether or not, you know, there was growth, what there was to improve on. And we would have these meetings after every tournament or we'd have like, team meetings with our community teams uh and i would say every single week we'd always find at least something that we need to start working on a little bit better um so kind of having those those metrics that we could look at you know social media statistics or just um just on the person basis you know who's communicating with our org the most i think just based off that we were able to find something every single week something new that we can continue working on now when you say we i'm uh, so i'm thinking you know, maybe not within the past six months, but like after when you in the six month to nine month range, was there already a we like, did you have people that were working with you? And was that purely just like an volunteer type basis? Or what what did kind of the core group of people look like, you know, six to 10 months in of Alpine? Yeah, for sure. So we started off with, uh, so the roster was me, Taco, and Kartoffel. We were us three. And we basically, I, I when I started the org, it was us three. And, you know, we, we all three of us had the kind of Rocket League kind of mind where, you know, we're players. Uh, but really, like, I, I was the only one on our team with, like, more of an org mind. And even, uh, like, my players stepped up and basically said, yeah, yeah, like, the staff position is not really, like, my thing. Uh, so originally it started with just like the players and I, we were kind of running the org. Uh, we brought on a couple of friends. So anybody that ended up working uh, for me, they were they were mutuals, basically uh, friends of friends, uh, people that we'd interview, people that, you know, that somebody else trusts, uh, you know, have a vouch for. Uh, so we kind of grew this little strong knit community of, of staff members, which uh, it was, I believe there was five of us. So Sky is one of them and same with Drupinson. They were the other two that were helping us out uh, in, in growing the org. But it was it was more of a volunteer base, basis, especially since, you know, running Alpine, it was just basically me taking whatever I've got in my pocket and throwing it at my org. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was basically us five uh, working it out. Um, and, you know, as we developed, I brought Sean on, who's been a big help in growing our, uh, you know, our, our tournaments and just has a lot of knowledge in the scene. Uh, he's actually recently uh, been uh, 
uh, he's been named manager of a, of a decent RLCS team. So I'm proud of him for that too. You know, it just shows, Hey, if you hop on the Alpine train, you'll make it too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all really like great people to work with. And a big part of like the, the little staff team I created was that we were just very close knit, you know, outside of just working on Alpine, you know, we'd have a Snapchat group, we'd mess around, play games with each other, talk with each other. So again, a big part of that success was just being able to have a community of staff that, that were so close. Mm -hmm, For sure. So you would say that the majority of like the early on group of Alpine was people that were any of them kind of in your exploration of these DMS and, uh, meeting other people online or was it people in in real life that you had known for a while i didn't know a single one of these people in person none of them uh everybody that i met was uh through discord through you know multiple conversations through talking to other uh org owners and asking you know what their opinions are you know some of them are really really opposite on what their opinions are some of them will tell you, "Oh, these guys suck," just so they don't, so that you don't take them, you know. Mm. <laughs> so that that was that was a little bit of a difficulty in the process, but yeah, I mean, it was it was all online based and kind of building that trust out as we progressed as Alpine. Um, yeah. So how? That's the one thing that I've been the most fascinated by, especially over the past month or so in terms of meeting new people and reaching out to new people and and building these relationships. You know, I I think it life gets a lot better no matter what you're doing, even if you're just a casual Rocket League player or you want to get better at the game. Having people that are like minded that see the world like you do or, you know, are also wanting to improve or get better at, you know, make more of whatever it is that they want in life it's easier to do when you have people that are also interested in that kind of stuff. So, and I don't know if you can even speak to this or it just happened so organically that you're not really sure how it happened at all. How, how would you say that you went about like finding these people and building these relationships and and nurturing these relationships over time so that they turned into like what they are now? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it started off since I, I had a whole year of, of playing experience with my the Alpine team before we converted into an org. You know, I, I had built a relationship with, with my other two players. And so, you know, having that trust built, they had their own friends as well. Um, so it was it was a little bit easier to connect with them because, you know, uh, through, through, a, through a person that I already, you know, built trust in throughout a year, it's it's a lot easier to, to connect with somebody else that they know, you know, mutuals. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, a lot of it was just, um, you know, taking time, going in with an open mind and, uh, just knowing that, I mean, we all are very similar in the fact that, you know, we have, we all share a passion for the same game. Uh, we're all here for the community and that, you know, regardless of who you are, where you're from, what language you speak, we can all at least share one thing. So that's, you know, that makes it a lot easier to be able to connect uh, with other people. Do you feel like most people, did the guys that you played with in high school, did they not go to your high school? So the guys that played with high school, uh, that, so we, they were like a bunch of golds basically. And after, <laughs> and silly after, golds. yeah, right. Silly golds. And basically uh, as I progressed in rank and it was, it was more, more difficult and more difficult, you know, by, by the ranks to play together. I, mm-hmm. I went out and found some other players to, you know, try and uh, get myself up, get get a team going, you know, really try and shoot for, for professional Rocket League, which, you know, fell a little bit short of. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we progressed a lot. But, yeah, the people that I played with uh, in high school, it started off with being my classmates and then moved on to uh, other high schoolers across the U.S., Okay, so it, the the original kind of creation of the Alpine org wasn't necessarily within your high school system. Right, right. I see. Okay, got it. So then do you, you haven't necessarily found, and I guess uh, you might not want to answer this so clearly um, because you might have people still reaching out to you on a consistent basis. And... Let me ask you this. How how has it changed in terms of how you 
what does the transition look like from you being the one reaching out to people to build those relationships to people, you being the one that people reach out to? Um, I think had I have not had the experience that I had growing Alpine, I would look at it a bit differently, but kind of, you know, seeing how some people can have, you know, an ego or, you know, feel, feel the need to, to mention that they're above you in, in any regard. Um, I think that, you know, starting Alpine and, and seeing that people have this kind of, you know, personality right, right off the bat, that was something that I never wanted to come off as. And, you know, I wanted to be as open as I could with people and give the opportunity that I would, I would have loved to have when I started. Um, so, you know, like as people reach out, I will try my best, you know, if something gets buried, it gets buried and I try, try my best to get to it. Uh, but yeah, people like reach out to me in DMs and just like ask some questions, want to hop into a call, uh, you know, want some feedback or maybe just like, you know, uh, want to say hi, congratulate, do anything. I, I normally will try my best to respond uh, just because I know like what that feels like to, you know, be left on red or even be like, uh, explicitly told that you're not good enough, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, that definitely helped me build relationship, especially just like random strangers who could be, I, I, it doesn't, it, I don't even know who they are, but you know, they're people. Do you have people that you randomly DM'd when you were growing Alpine that was just kind of like, I really want to talk to this person about this thing for this reason that has turned into a relationship uh, that you still keep today? Um, you know, I would say the, uh, the biggest one would be basically one of my current staff members, Sean. Uh, like I saw that he was somebody who had similar kind of ambitions. You know, he's been moving on a lot in the esports scene and, uh, you know, been itching to work with new teams, doing new projects. So, you know, the second I knew anything about us, yeah, like uh, the second that an RLCS team was even like a possibility, I immediately reached out to him being like, yo, like, uh, I want to talk. I want to maybe get you on board with us. Like, I, I just, I saw a lot of potential in him. And so I immediately just thought, you know, I think I want to give him this opportunity if, if he were to take it. And uh, yeah, I would say like, that's probably one of the best connections I've, I've had, like, you know, starting like three months into starting Alpine all the way up until now. Hmm. Okay. So, and, and so, I mean, you've met a lot of people along the way, right. And built a lot of relationships, had a lot of conversations and there's only like one specific person that you bring up out of all of those things that has kind of made it this entire way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would say there there are definitely a few other people down the road that have like stuck with us. Like for example, one of them is Quack. Uh, he like developed uh, our our Discord bot. He did a lot of moderation, you know. And I actually met him at a LAN once. And you know, being able to to meet him in person and like see who see who he is, uh, that also like helped make it pretty easy for me to be like, Yo, man, oh, you're also going to my university. All right, cool. Would you like to be a part of Alpine? <laughs> so. Oh. What kind of land was it? Uh, it was so the final four came to Minneapolis and they had the uh, collegiate league playing there. And so they had for any Minnesota residents, they had just like a fun land on the collegiate stage. Um, so that that's where I met him. <laughs> I see. Okay. So he was going to your university. So it wasn't like you both were in Minnesota, but you went to DreamHack in Atlanta and just happened to run into each other and like, oh, wow, we both live in Minnesota. Yeah, no, no, that, yeah, we're both in Minnesota, but Got it, it was okay. just, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, how many DMs would you say, like, how, how much did you reach out to people and just get no response? Like what, if you had to put a percentage to it out of a hundred, how many people responded or the people that you reached out to, how many turned into conversations that were, I don't want to say like useful to you, but like were actually fruitful as you were trying to learn and reaching out to people and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say 50% would actually give a response. And then of those 50, maybe like 5% of those were actually useful conversations. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and that's why it's important in the beginning that you really do quantify the amount of people that, you know, you reach out to, reach out to as many as possible because, you know, you might have, you might miss out on one person and that one person could be, you know, a major uh, player in, in, in how your org develops in the future. 
Um, so kind of not missing out on any important people and uh, spreading your wings in, in the beginning was really important to me. But yeah, I mean, really, if you if you really were to look at the numbers, I mean, maybe out of 100 people I DM, yeah, five, maybe five of those people would actually be useful to me. How many people in in the span of starting Alpine would you say that you DM'd in total? Uh, starting Alpine, uh, I mean, it's in the hundreds. <laughs> okay, D- definitely in the hundreds. I mean, I, I had to do a lot of networking to 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 reach out to people. Um, and and what's funny is is a lot of those people that kind of uh, didn't give me those opportunities in the, in the beginning. Like immediately, as soon as we announced as RLCS, kind of crawled back. And we're like, oh, hey, by the way, you reached out to me a little while ago when I didn't respond to you. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like kind of like playing playing the playing the long game. You know? So it's like, <laughs> I and I I, I want to be genuine with you about this as well. Um, when I so I started this podcast in 2019, and and there have been long chunks of time where I just kind of stopped doing it. And one of the reasons that I stopped doing it initially was I would DM people or send messages to people on Twitter or Discord or whatever, and they would just not respond. And, you know, I I feel like I have something really good going here. I feel like I run a good podcast. I'm good at conversation with people. Uh, you know, I, I feel pretty confident about that. And people usually enjoy their time on the show. So here I am thinking, and I'm not, I'm not, well, it doesn't matter who it is, just anybody in general, whether they're really, really big or, uh, you know, they have some kind of clout behind them. Anybody that wouldn't respond, I'd just be like, Come, like, give me, give me a chance, you know, like at least respond and, and give me an opportunity to talk to you about this. And it got to a point where I'd start to reach out to people that, you know, were certainly bigger in the community and wouldn't hear anything back or wouldn't respond or anything like that. And my, my ego was definitely bruised and I was just tired of getting egoed, I I would say. And that led me to quitting the show and just being like, it's, it's not worth it. Um, and so if, if you're starting anything or trying to build anything, that is definitely part of it. So in terms of you, like, how would you say that you, what were the conversations with yourself or what you were saying to yourself that allowed you to persevere through not getting those messages or getting egoed or telling people that you're, or you hearing that you'll never make it or it's too hard or all of those things? Like, how did you keep going? Um, it, it, I almost just use it as fuel. Um, it, it's, it, it was almost like, they were fueling my ambition and, and, and making me want it even more than I did the previous day. Uh, you know, I would take those words and, and just know that, you know, if it were to work, that it would just be t- 10 times more worth it. It would be 20 times more worth it now that, you know, there's so many people against it and, and, and out there to get me, making it even harder. Um, and it's it's difficult to look at it that way. It's, it's It's very easy to hear something like that and be let down by it and being like, yeah, you know, they're right. But, but also like, I I mean, even if you look at like celebrities and all this and the, all that, I mean, if you look at it at the end of the day, we're humans, you know, we're just people. Uh, and I, I really don't think regardless of, of what status you have, I don't think anybody is above somebody else. You know, everybody has their own things that they're great at and things that, you know, they're passionate about things that they love. And so, you know, if you look at a person, you know, and, and uh, with, uh, you know, social media status that's bigger than you, that says something to you, you can either look at it and say, wow, they have a lot of influence and they're telling me this, I should really take this personally. Or you can look at it and say, hey, just another person, some random stranger that I don't even know of. They don't know my story. They don't know who I am. And you can just go past it. Um, so, yeah, I would just I would think of a lot of these conversations as not, oh, it's this big person I'm messaging and rather just it's a person. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I'm curious and I don't need to get into the nitty gritty or if you don't want to get into the nitty gritty of this, that's completely fine. Um, like when you talk about selling Alpine, um, did you, the, I, I guess my first question is like, did you 
give ownership or like a portion of ownership or like, did you look at some of the people that were there early on with you starting the whole thing? Did you look at them as co-owners or did you um, like build some kind of management team that as the sale of Alpine was happening that, you know, like when you, you know, when you got to that point where it was kind of quote unquote paying off, did you have other people that were with you from the beginning helping as a volunteer or whatever that benefited from that as well? Yeah. I mean, just to make it like a hundred percent clear when we were, when we had this working relationship, it was like clear to everybody involved, all parties that, you know, I was the 100% owner of Alpine. Um, and that, I mean, and, and we were all okay with it because basically, I mean, I, I would put in the most work. I would basically do as much as I could. Uh, and, you know, because they're on a volunteer basis, they have school, they have other things. This isn't their 100% passion, something that they you want they want to be doing all the time. That's something that I accepted as well. You know, like I would have to really, really work my butt off. And, you know, on the occasion, if I were to get some help from from some community volunteers, that's great too. You know, it's, it's, it's really good to have those connections. Uh, but that was something I made extremely clear just, you know, if in the future – uh, that that were to have to be you know highlighted and bolded that you know that wouldn't be a surprise to them. Sure. Um, and so yeah, I mean as as the process went, I mean we we were all extremely hyped. I mean regardless of of ownership, regardless of you know which money amounts go to who, um, I, I I mean it seemed like it was all in good good fun, good nature. Everybody was super excited. We were all like counting down days for the announcements, basically. <laughs> sure. I think, and the reason I asked that question or I'm curious about it is like another, another thing that goes along with something like this, uh, and any, I mean, so many things are much more long-term than we as humans want them to be. Uh, but when you're working on something and especially in your case, you know, like you started this out of passion and then it turned into something extremely legitimate, whether you knew it was going to evolve into this or not. Um, there's sometimes people along the way that for whatever reason, it gets a little bit hard and they just like move on. So were there people that were even like involved in Alpine somewhere in the middle that all of a sudden, you know, for whatever reason, just it became or not even that. How how would you say, or if somebody is working towards something or sees a vision, has a vision of something, you know, how would you, how do you look at perseverance and working through seeing something start at, you know, nothing and building into something like what you've been able to create? Um, can you like, like rephrase that? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think I did pretty poorly with that one. I think the general idea or curiosity for me is perseverance. Just being able to see something through to its end. Like how how do you think that's something just innate in you, or is it uh, like how do you how do you keep that vision throughout this whole process? Um, I would say just by results, by, by daily results. I mean, at, at points, the vision can become a little hazy, especially when you, when you start seeing results that you don't like. But I think that if you're, if you're doing with the right intentions and you're doing it kind of according to plan, you know, I was, how I was running it by my own rules uh, and seeing the growth, it was almost like inevitable. Like I knew it was going to happen. The, the rate that we were growing, the amount of respect we had from the community, the amount of people that would, would be willing to just drop everything and, and back us up. Uh, just, just seeing that every day grow and grow more and more than I've seen any other th- uh, thing, any uh, like close to, to our nature. Uh, it, it was almost like, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in six months, uh, but it will happen eventually. I don't, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a loss. I think, I think, I think that's, that's it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm done for the first time ever in the history of this thing. The boost is, is no longer infinite. (laughs) It is. uh, um, So I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think that I'm, I'm extremely impressed with, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm, I'm just excited for, to, to be able to talk to you about this. 
and and be able to learn a little bit more about it because you know as an RL esports fan I see Alpine esports you know I hear about the team and admittedly I will say that it it is not a team that I have rooted for in the past just because I I haven't really had any connection to it uh and to after interviewing Fat and talking to him and then hearing, learning about you and, and finding out that Alpine Esports was something started by a teenager in, in college and then turned into something like this, I'm immediately intrigued just because, you know, it's, it's not something that happens every day. And being able to share some time with you and, and learn a little bit more about your process and, and how you look at things and having such... You know, I, I look at where you are at 20 and I'm just so excited to see like what happens over, I mean, even the next couple decades in terms of, you know, if you stay in esports or what happens to esports or what somebody like you is able to do in esports because like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't mean to get mushy gushy, but the idea of like having the right intention and just focusing on bringing good things to Rocket League and esports, like it's just exciting to know that the game and the esport in general has such good stewards. Uh, so I know that I've been talking, and I don't like talking too much um, because it's not about me. And at the end of the day, like I, I'm just grateful that you have chosen to spend so much time in a game in Rocket League because I care about this game a lot. I care about the community a lot. And I want to see a lot of success happen over time. And it, it means a lot to me to have somebody that cares so much about the game in, and that is just a good human. So uh, thank you for being so passionate about Rocket League and esports because it, it makes me excited that, you know, there are good things ahead. I, I appreciate it a lot, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a great game. How can you not like it? <laughs> Well, so, and first of all, I don't know. It is a great game and everybody should love Rocket League. Um, and I, you know, I, I had a really long conversation with some friends yesterday about people quitting the game because of toxicity and thinking that we have a bad community and that, you know, it's it's just not worth it because the community is ruining the game and, and all of this stuff. And that, you know, that genuinely breaks my heart to see people that, uh, you know, as content creators or influencers or people that are passionate about the game and enjoy playing the game to give it up because of, uh, you know, a quote unquote bad community. Uh, and, and that that's upsetting to me. And then it, it, it's very encouraging to see people like yourself that have grown something that, you know, gives people a place where they, feel comfortable and excited about playing the game and spend time and give them opportunities to thrive in, in the game that they like a lot. So, you know, it's, it, I want to be able to foster and create and, and encourage and lift up people that are doing more stuff like that. So, um, again, I will stop rambling and, and gushing, but I, I'm just very grateful and excited to be able to interact with, with someone like yourself. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's been fun getting to know a little bit more about you as well. And yeah, I mean, going to continue doing big things in the future, I hope. Big things in Rocket League and in the esports scene. And I mean, at the end of the day, what I tell everybody is that anybody can do it. It really doesn't take a certain person. Like Anybody can do it. You just, as long as you have the right intentions and you really want it, you can, you can make it work. So that's, that's kind of where I want to end. Yeah. I, I, I certainly agree with that. I certainly agree with that. So we will end and, but we end in a specific way here on the infinite boost podcast and you kind of said it, but if you would like to add anything or reiterate anything, uh, the first thing that I offer up is if you have any final thoughts for the audience, of the of the epic epic boost epic aerial infinite boost podcast now i'm flying through time myself any final thoughts for the infinite boost podcast um i mean 
kind of reiterating what I, what I said already. I mean, um, if you're passionate about something and, and you can really see yourself excelling in it, then, and just, just go for it. Just don't drop everything, drop, drop some things, <laughs> but, but just go for it, have fun with it and just have, uh, ma- make sure that whatever you're doing, you're happy with it. And that it's just something that you will enjoy doing as you, as you grow and as you continue life. <laughs> Nice. Very good. Okay. Where can people find you out on the internet? All right. Uh, so I'm on Twitter for, for the most part at Karan RL. Uh, I also stream on Twitch in a, like literally once in a, in a blue moon. So maybe like a couple times a year. So you can find me there at Alpine Karan. Uh, and if you'd like, make sure to join the Alpine Esports Discord. I'm pretty sure if you just like look that up on Google, you can find it. Uh, but yeah, join me there. I'm pretty active. If you want to chat with me, have some fun. And of course, I mean, thank you so much, Tom, for having me on the show. I appreciate it a lot. And if you haven't already checked his socials, I mean, I don't know what you're doing, honestly. I really <laughs> don't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, that is that is very generous of you. Um, and make sure to send me a link for the Alpine Discord. I'll, I'll be sure to add that into the uh, show notes as well so people can hop on there. Are you guys still running tournaments on a consistent basis? Yeah, we're, we're doing monthly $500 tournaments now. That's awesome. Nice. Very good. Okay. So be sure to uh, check those things out. Join that Alpine Discord. Uh, I mean, if you want to uh, play in one of those tournaments with me, I'm not saying you, Karin, because that might be a little <laughs> bit of a conflict of interest. Um, you as an Infinite Boost listener, I mean, I might just do it if you hit me up. Who knows? That could be fun. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I, I let all my guests ask a question of the audience and they'll respond sometimes like in my discord, uh, just for my own amusement or sometimes on Twitter. So, uh, do you have a question that you would like to ask the audience, uh, of the infinite boost podcast that you might get some feedback on as well? Ooh. Okay. Uh, let's see here. All right, best decal in Rocket League and why? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. What's yours? Come on. I, I mean, it's, it's not... Oh, okay. I'll, I'll find okay. Esports decal. Easy. Okay. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm, I'm offended you even asked. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of offended by myself uh, that, that I asked. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty big fan of the tuxedo, to be fair. Yeah, the tuxedo is pretty clean. I I will agree with you on that. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to go against that one, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I might have to just buy that Alpine one now. It is it is nice, it is nice. So uh, okay, well, let him know, and everybody just make sure to tweet at Karan as soon as you hear this episode. Alpine, <laughs> I want to see a bunch of things in his timeline. Alpine, Alpine, Alpine. Or just be honest, whichever one. Okay, so um, again, thanks for thanks for sharing some time with me, man. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I think I said at the beginning of the podcast, or maybe w- before we started recording, that I wasn't going to talk about the org at all. And well, that's all we talked about. And I think it'll be a nice change of pace and still very important because growing a business or, or an organization or a community is just like trying to get better at a Rocket League game. So um it's all it's all really valuable so thank you again for sharing that and being open to my questions and and everything and as always thank you so much for the boost